On the 20th of April 2021, Apple shocked the world with the announcement of the AirTag, a tiny mobile tracker that finds its location with the help of 1.65 billion devices worldwide. Already, they are on back order in most nations due to the extreme popularity. In recent years, Apple have been dipping their feet into many new markets, with headphones and watches, just to name a few. In this case, they have completely skipped the dip and dove right into the deep end. It's the size of a 20-cent coin, the shape of a button, but is filled with the latest in tracking technology. While Apple aren't the first company to make Bluetooth trackers, they have certainly started on a strong foot and have caused ripples through this relatively young market. Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 1 of The Eddie Rice Show. My name is Edward Rice and today we are talking about the marketing for Apple's new AirTag. Let's begin by talking about the target market for the AirTags. Target markets are the group of consumers that the producer wants to aim their product towards. These markets can be based around gender, ages, ethnicities, or economic status. I think to work out Apple's target market for the AirTags, we should first look at the purpose of the product. Its core use is to help people keep track of important items, like keys, backpacks, wallets, wallets or bikes. This tells us that Apple intended the AirTag to have a very broad target market, as they want it to be useful for everyone. For this reason, I do not see any targeting around gender or even ethnicity. There is a slight target towards older consumers, as children are less likely to carry important items that the AirTags would be suitable for. Also, because of their small button size, they would certainly not be appropriate for babies. Apple are a premium company, so their market would be limited to medium to high income households in most cases. This is backed up by the need to own an iPhone, iPad or iMac in order to actually use the AirTag. They rely on these devices for a UI or user interface and locate the AirTag once lost. This is actually a trend that Apple um, implement in their other products as well, and it's very clever. For example, you cannot use an Apple Watch without an iPhone, and AirPods do not work very well with Android devices. This is highly intentional, as they want their customers to use Apple for everything, and most people will, as it is such a simple and elegant ecosystem. I heard an interesting metaphor once about this strategy. Uh, somebody said that the Apple ecosystem is like a beautiful garden with very tall walls. Each time a new person, a new product, sorry, comes out, the garden gets prettier, but the walls get higher. Once people get sucked into the Apple ecosystem, it is very hard to escape. On the whole, the AirTags have a pretty inclusive target market. So let's move on and talk about the four P's of marketing. These are product, price, place, and promotion. Each of them contributes to the overall marketing of products. So first up, we have product. This one is quite straightforward, and most people can already guess what it's about. 
just in case you're not entirely sure, the strategy of product is all about the actual product. Design and functionality of the AirTags are dictated by the type of product. These can be consumer goods, consumer services, producer goods, or producer services. A good is any tangible or physical thing, whereas services are jobs or work that the producer offers. Consumers are everyday people who are purchasing products for themselves, whereas producers, on the other hand, are other companies or businesses that will use the product for their business. The air tags clearly fall under consumer goods, but could certainly have some commercial applications as well, such as possibly security. Consumer goods often have a larger focus on design, as people want things in their everyday lives to look nice. Apple are always market leaders when it comes to design and have some of the best design teams in the world. Their product designs are motivated by their philosophy of think different. This philosophy was actually um, invented by their founder, Steve Jobs. Um, so this philosophy is basically why their products often look much sleeker and more attractive than their competitors. Their use of curves and design also show a free flow that does not interrupt your daily life. For the AirTag, Apple went for a small, white, circular design with a stainless steel back. It has a footprint of about 3 centimeters and is less than a centimeter thick, so it can really be put anywhere. It features the iconic Apple logo on the back, and you can also get custom initials or even emojis engraved on the stainless steel back as well. Um, that only happens, of course, when you order it from the Apple Store online. Let's quickly talk about uh, its functionality. I already briefly explained this earlier, but I'll go over it in some detail now. The AirTag is a tracking device that you attach to belongings so you don't lose them. Its tracking technology consists of two parts. The first is Bluetooth, which allows it to ping other Apple devices to find GPS location. These other devices do this in the background and send the updated location data to Apple, which then updates the location inside the Find My app on your phone. All of this is on the back end. You as the user never notice any of this happening if your phone's used, and it's all completely secure. Um, I'll explain the other technology soon, as it's very distinctive compared to the competition, and I think it's quite important to uh, incorporate it there. So let's talk about life cycle. All products go through a life cycle. The stages of the cycle are development, introduction, growth, maturity, saturation, and finally decline. Depending on the product and market, these stages can last for varying amounts of time. For the AirTag, it had a very long development stage of a few years. This is quite standard for Apple, as they spend a lot of time perfecting products. The AirTag's introduction was rather short, but quite important. It was introduced at Apple's spring-loaded event in April of this year. The event was live-streamed around the world, but had no in-person attendees due to the pandemic. These events always gain a lot of attention by the media and general pub public, as Apple build quite a buzz around their announcements. They moved from in introduction to growth very quickly, as pre-orders were available on the 23rd 
and they started shipping their products on the 30th. One interesting distinction between AirTags and other similar trackers would be the speed at which their products have sold. Because Apple already you know, holds such a strong brand image and they have impeccable marketing, their sales go 0 to 60 in a few hours of becoming available. I believe that AirTags are currently still in the growth stage, as they are still quite hard to find in many stores due to their extreme popularity. In the supporting files to this podcast, you will find a diagram which shows the life cycle stage. Uh, let's quickly cover packaging, as I think this is a big one for the AirTag. Packaging is over as often sorry, overlooked by companies, although in many cases it is the first impression consumers get of products. Apple is not one of these companies. Apple's distinctive packaging is almost as iconic as the products itself. The packaging also follows the brand's ethos of Think Different. The AirTags ship in a small white box with an indented image of the product. To get inside, you simply lift the lid and the box will slowly slip away. Once opened, the AirTag sits front and center, ready for you to peel the plastic. Opening all Apple products is truly a mesmerizing experience. The genius behind it all is that it doesn't feature bright, fancy colors with bold fonts. Instead, we are drawn to the elegance of a square white box. Let's quickly have a look at some of the competitors to the AirTag. The first similar Bluetooth tracker is Samsung with their Galaxy Smart Tag. This was released on January 14th of last year in anticipation of Apple's AirTag. While it is similar in size to the AirTag, it is slightly bulkier, so doesn't easily fit into small wallets. It also works well, but does not stand out from the others at all. Then there are a few smaller companies who I'm not going to bother naming, but they also make some small trackers. These companies, they mainly get their sales from setting lower prices and attracting lower income target markets. The main competitor, though, for Apple with the AirTag is a company called Tile. They have been running for about a decade and primarily produce different Bluetooth trackers. They have had the monopoly in this market for a very long time, so were quite angry as you'd expect when Apple announced the AirTag, as they lost you know, a lot of their market share, and it's looking like their company might even go bust eventually. The issue that all these competitors' trackers are played with is with their mesh network. Their Bluetooth technology relies on them pinging other users to find the location. Now, this isn't an issue for Apple, as they can use their massive Find My networks with all the Apple devices around the world. Now, this sort of leads us into a unique selling point of the AirTags, which is reliant on the second technology that I briefly mentioned earlier. This technology is called Ultra Wideband. It is a tracking technology which enables you to um, precisely locate... Um, uh, precisely locate your AirTag in occasions where you've just lost it, say, in your house or maybe your office. Um, it's basically like a game of hot and cold with the AirTag. Your phone will point an arrow 
in the direction of the AirTag and say precisely how far away it is. This ultra-wideband technology is only found on, iPhone, uh, on iPhones, so other companies cannot make use of it. This really sets the AirTag apart from the competition. Uh, let's now move on to price. Price is probably the single most important aspect of marketing for a product. This is because while all the other aspects of marketing are based around perception, only price actually leaves a physical impact on the person. In most cases, physical negative impact of the person. While advertising, um, strong brands can make products feel premium. Uh, the price of a product is what actually determines whether you can afford it or not. So it's no surprise at all that Apple pays particular attention to the pricing of the AirTags. There are six strategies that can be used to determine the price for your product. These are aptly named the pricing strategies. While most companies would only use one or maybe two of these techniques, the AirTags have combined three strategies to reach an appropriate price. Let's first look at the actual price and then let's work back to the techniques. Apple sell a single AirTag for $29 US dollars and a four pack for $99 US dollars. The first thing you notice when looking at these prices is how they are both a dollar short of the nearest $10 and $100 respectively. This strategy is called psychological pricing and preys on the stupidity of people. When we see a price like $99, we immediately subconsciously think that it is close to 90, when in reality, it's almost 100. Most people think they wouldn't fall for such a technique, but statistics show time and time again that they are surprisingly effective. One interesting note is that because Apple are a global business, they have to sell products in the local currency. This can have effects on their psychological pricing. If we look at New Zealand, the single price for an AirTag is 55 NZ dollars, and a four-pack is 189 NZ dollars. This means that the psychological pricing will only work on the four-pack. The second technique that Apple used to determine the pricing of the AirTag is called Cost Plus. This strategy consists of calculating expenses, then making sure the price covers them, and then leaving a little bit extra for profit. This is one of the most basic and widely used strategies. I'd say the only instances where Cost Plus is not implemented at all for a product is when companies are specifically trying to make their pricing so cheap and competitive to either establish market share or maybe for loss leader, or to even build brand awareness. Apple's expenses for the AirTags are quite high while in the development stage, and then relatively low during the production. Uh, this is due to the immense research and design that goes into every Apple product. Because Apple are quite secretive, we don't know too many details about their development. But what we do know is that AirTags have been in the works for years. The first leaks and rumors about Apple designing a Bluetooth tracker appeared in early 2019. Um, we've already discussed Apple's design teams. Uh, these guys get paid big money for their work, which is a massive contributing factor to the cost. During production, expenses are kept lower 
because Apple produce all the components themselves, so don't have to pay markups. They also have their production facilities in countries where labor is very cheap. Um, the final strategy that Apple have implemented to determine the price of the AirTags is called competitive pricing. This strategy, in simple terms, consists of looking at what competitors have their prices at for similar products and then setting yours at the same or maybe even slightly lower. This will mean that the consumers who want a good deal will come to you. Some smaller companies outcompete Apple in price, but I won't include them as they don't really hold enough market share to make any significant difference. The two competitors we will look at are Samsung with the smart tag and Tile's Mate Tracker. The smart tag's regular price is $30 US and $59 NZ, so is slightly higher than the AirTag. The Tile Mate is $35 US and $49 NZ, so it slightly undercuts Apple. I think that because of Apple's four-pack deal, which brings the individual price down to $25 US or $47 um, and a quarter NZ, most customers will view the AirTag as having the most competitive pricing. I think their current price is appropriate and affordable. Because they are still in the growth stage, I do not see them reducing the price anytime soon. In the future, when new models are announced or the product reaches saturation, Apple could possibly reduce their prices. Now let's, um, let's move on to the next marketing strategy, which is place. Um, and this mainly relates to where the product is located. When it comes to the AirTag, they have some of the most interesting strategies in relation in regards to place, sorry, as their distribution channels are many. First of all are their physical Apple stores. These are direct distribution as the products go straight from Apple to the consumer. They have a total of 512 stores in 25 different countries. <coughs> Excuse me. Their other direct distribution strategy is through their online shop. This store can be accessed from any country around the world, so provides Apple with a cost-effective way to directly sell the AirTags in all nations. Overall, direct distribution accounts for 29% of all Apple sales, which is considerably high when you compare it to other tech companies like Samsung who only actually sell 4% of their total sales directly. There are a couple of diagrams to show this, which will be in the supporting files for this podcast. Apple gets so many direct sales due to their brand image. Now, I'm going to detail this a little bit further when I'm talking about promotion. Their other sales come indirectly from online and physical retail stores around the world. In New Zealand, these stores are the likes of Noel Leeming's, Harvey Norman's, or JB Hi-Fi. The other popular third-party sellers are the mobile network providers, like in New Zealand we've got Spark, Two Degrees, and Vodafone. These sellers often offer the phones and accessories, <laughs> AirTags, for reduced prices if you fix a long-term contract with them. The channels taken for distributing to retailers and mobile providers are either 
directly from Apple or through a wholesaler slash distributor. These distributors purchase large quantities of the product and then sell to the shops. They add a small markup to make profit. The issue um, with AirTags and other Apple products is that Apple do not allow for very large margins at all. This is partly due to bringing the cost down for the consumer, but mainly to maximize their profits. This does lead to less use of distributors and more direct to the shops. This cuts out the middleman and allows stores to make a profit on the AirTag. Apple are a well-established company who have put deep thought into their distribution, and I do not see any other real channels that would make sense for selling AirTags at this stage. An important part of Place is being able to easily access info about the product. AirTags information is provided by each retailer and also found on Apple's website. Apple are very good at displaying information, so it is easy to read and highlights the key features. Once you've listened to this podcast, I actually would highly recommend going to apple.com and just looking around at how they display this information. They really have fantastic animations which play while scrolling, and they add that premium feel to their website. The AirTag competitors differ from Apple when it comes to distribution, as they cannot attract enough people to their websites and do not have physical stores. This means they almost solely rely on sales through retail stores. This does create problems if the stores ever shut down, as they could not sell enough to be sustainable. These competitors also use distributors much more, as they do not have the infrastructure to handle it themselves. This means bigger margins for the middleman and less revenue for the producer. All of these marketing P's are closely related as much of the promotion is found in the same places as the products. This will become obvious later. Let us now get into the big behemoth that is promotion. Promotion consists of four things. A. Advertisements. B. Actual promotions, which are like coupon codes or discounts. Um, Number three is personal selling. And finally, public relations. So Apple knew well ahead of launching the AirTag what strategy they would use to promote their AirTags. They started by identifying that they wanted to increase market share in Bluetooth trackers and generate profit by increasing sales. They also had a small sub-goal of helping their customers keep track of their goods. They then uh, looked into different advertising forms and would have tested these with marketing specialists and maybe some focus groups. Uh, Once the product existed, it was important for Apple to provide training to their staff at Apple stores. This training would have assisted the staff in building knowledge around the product to make them more helpful. The first advertising for the AirTag was the spring-loaded event itself. This was viewed by millions of people and immediately created a demand for the product. Apple also uses big billboards in cities to show the AirTags. These are viewed so many times every day by people in cars and by pedestrians. Their main form of promotion, though, is video advertising. These ads are short, fun, and capture the essence of the product. They are both informative and persuasive. Um, I'll link one in the supporting files below. Uh, 
Apple spend millions of dollars placing these ads in as many places as possible. They make them show up on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and more. Because their target audience is so wide, it actually makes distributing adverts a lot simpler, as they do not need to filter through demographics. Their strategy seemed to draw attention away from the price of the product and to make the actual product speak for itself. The elegant design all adds to the promotion. Apple also makes use of their brand image and logo while advertising. They put the logo at the end of all the video ads so people see it and immediately understand that it will be a high-quality premium product. Apple did not... Um, did not use actual promotional coupons when um, promoting the AirTags, as it would likely undermine the idea of quality and premium. Uh, Apple keep good public relations at the forefront of their mind when it comes to promotion, as they also make their packaging out of 100% recyclable material. This is very attractive for environmentalists, and it's also good to, to save the planet. Uh, they also use some of the best, they also offer, I should say, some of the best customer service in the world. With their staff available 24-7, you can call them, you can send them an email, uh, and they can get back to you. Their strategy for promotion is well-rounded and paints the air tags in the best light possible. So, that's it. Those are the four P's of marketing. So, this brings us to the end of this episode of the Eddie Rice Show. It is clear that the Apple AirTag is a fantastic product with terrific marketing in all areas. Please remember to look at the supporting files, which include graphs, charts, and diagrams. I hope you've enjoyed listening. See you next time. <laughs>